The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. So good to uh, be with you. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here um, at King's. It's my privilege. I'm just going to be uh, opening up the Bible to you. We're going to be looking at that uh, together. Um, we're continuing our Nutrients Preach series. We're, we're interested in a church that the soil of our lives is healthy. We, we, we think the best way of navigating through everything that's going on around us is if we are as healthy as we possibly can be. And so we're investing time over this term, looking at things like the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, um, uh, thanksgiving, um, and, and, and faith as well. That's right. Why is it you can always get three, you can never get the fourth one. Doesn't matter where you start. There's always the fourth one you're missing. And, 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 and allowing these things over this term to penetrate the soil of our hearts in order that we will be healthier, in order that we can face the ups and downs that we all face in a different way. And today I've got the privilege, and yet also, if I'm honest, the daunting task of looking at the whole subject of forgiveness. Thanks, Jeanette. Um, and I'm aware as I've been preparing this that I, I must tread carefully when it comes to forgiveness. I, I need to tread carefully because I'm handling the Word of God. And what God says about this subject is supremely important. It's more important than any other advice, anything you can get anywhere else. What God says must take first and foremost place in our lives and so therefore I tread carefully knowing that I'm handling God's word and yet secondly I want to tread carefully because I know this is a really difficult subject. Forgiveness just comes loaded with pain and guilt and difficulty and unforgiveness is a little bit like I can't think what it's called. You know that green sticky weed that you, you find when you go on country walks, there's a green sticky weed and it sticks to you. And when you're kids, you pick up loads of it and you chuck it on people's backs, hoping that they don't, they don't notice because it sticks. And unforgiveness is a bit like that. We, we try and take it off, but, but it has this sticking sort of nature to it that makes it really tricky, if I'm honest, to handle. And so I know that that... Yeah, I tread lightly um, with this subject. And so this morning I'm going to teach into it and I'm going to do the best I can to do as well as possible. But then this, this week, on Tuesday, here in Hastings, we're going to do sort of like a workshop on forgiveness. We're going to practically apply it. Tuesday evening, we're going to worship. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. But, but basically then, we're going to lead you through, myself and our Wales, we're going to lead you through on what it looks like to forgive. Now, we're all going to be together, and yet it's something you get to do individually. So no one else will know your deepest, darkest things that you need to forgive um, or you, who you need to forgive. But we want to help you in a very practical way to walk through it 
And even if you decide not to deal with sort of big issues, that's, that's in a sense, that's between you and God. But we will, we will teach you, in a sense, how to handle um, unforgiveness and forgiveness in a healthy way. So this morning, what gives us the freedom and the ability and the incentive and the power to forgive those who sin against us? Some of you have been wronged so deeply and hurt so badly that forgiving would be like a human being flying. You know what I mean? Not, not in a plane, but if I said, right, stand on the stage and I want you to do a lap of the auditorium flying, you'd say, I can't do that, that's too hard. And I know in, for some, in, in a sense, with forgiveness, it is that hard. But let's look at a passage in the Bible, Matthew chapter 18, and see what Jesus has to say on this subject. Verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? I wonder if that's a question any of you have asked. How many times? And Peter said, oh, and G, oh, um, uh, up to seven times, Peter said. He thought he was doing well. I think in Jewish culture, three times was like expected. So saying seven, he thought he was doing really, really well. But Jesus said this, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And by the way, obviously, he's not telling you to count every time off that you forgive. And when you get to the 78th time, you're saying, brilliant, now they're going to get it. No, 77, just you keep going, you keep going. Then Jesus said this, therefore, the kingdom of heaven. Interesting, so forgiveness is an issue of the kingdom. It's an, it's, it's an issue of the kingdom. So therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was unable to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. No, I won't go for Steve, I'll go for someone smaller. But, but in a sense, he, he, he grabbed, I mean, complete opposite of what he faced himself. He thought better of it. No, he's too big. Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then their master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father 
will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from the heart. Let's just briefly recap the story. There's a king and he wants to settle debts. He's, he's, he's going through his books and he thinks, who owes me what? And he comes across someone that owes him 10,000 bags of gold. Now, basically I've done a rough calculation. Each bag of gold was worth about 420,000 pounds. So a thousand bags of gold is 4.2 billion pounds. This guy owed the king 4.2 billion pounds. It's, it's a ridiculous amount of money. This is like comic book stuff. It is so much. How on earth can you pile up that debt, amount of debt? It is unpayable. And the servant comes before the king and he falls on his knees before him and he says, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. What a stupid thing to say. Because he couldn't. It didn't matter how much patience the, 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 the king was to show him, he would never pay back 4.2 billion pounds. He, he just couldn't do it. It was beyond anything he could do. Patience wasn't the answer. Patience wasn't what was needed. And it says the servant's master took pity on him and he cancelled the debt and he let him go. That was the only way off for this servant. The only way off was for the debt to be cancelled. Patience, he could not earn his way back. There was no chance. In a different version of the Bible to the one we read, it says this, the master of the servant released him and forgave him his debt. So some of those words that we've just heard, released, forgave, cancelled, let him go. Forgiveness is like letting someone go. You, you owe me nothing. You owe me nothing. I don't know what relief, I don't know what joy, I don't know what freedom that servant felt. It must have been incredible. You know, you can imagine he goes onto his mobile app, and he's looking there, and yesterday was 4.2 billion pounds worth of debt, and today it has completely gone. He must have felt as light as a feather. Do you mean, it's incredible. Then almost immediately, that forgiven servant found a fellow servant who owed him 100 silver coins. That's about 8,000 pounds. So it's, it's a decent amount of money, but it isn't anything like 4.2 billion pounds. And it says he grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant did exactly what he did. He fell on his knees. He begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. And probably he could. 8,000 pounds, that, that was doable. That could be paid back. But the similar request falls on completely deaf ears. He wouldn't wait for the money, let alone cancel the debt, and he had him thrown in prison, which legally he was entitled to do. He was legally entitled to have that servant thrown in prison. But when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were outraged. And they told the master, this is wrong. You've got to do something about it. And I think Jesus tells the story this way because it's meant to shock us. It's meant to grab our attention in this whole area of forgiveness. We're, we're meant to hear the story and think, 
How on earth could that unmerciful servant do what he's just done? That's outrageous. He's just had 4.2 million pounds written off and then he finds his fellow servant, he grabs him by the throat, he's choking him and says, give me my 8,000 quid. How on earth, how on earth could he do that? Jesus tells us the story because he wants to grab us. He wants to get our emotion. He wants us to see how wrong that is. He wants us to be outraged at the unmerciful servant. But when he comes, that unmerciful servant comes before the master. The master is absolutely damning. He says, you wicked servant. You should have had the same mercy towards your brother as I had towards you. And it ends up with that unmerciful servant being put in prison. And Jesus finishes with a stark warning. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. What on earth do you do with that? I mean, seriously, what, what, where, where do you go with it? Well, first thing, if I'm honest, I think the first thing we've got to do is we've got to take it seriously. When, when Peter came and said, tell me something about forgiveness, that's what Jesus decided to tell Peter. And, and he didn't really try and soften it, did he? Do you mean, he, he just laid it out there as it was. And so the first thing, I think, if I'm honest, and I, I, I want to say this, um, well, I've just got to say it in a straightforward way, really. You're a fool if you ignore it. If you, if you write it off and just say, no, no, that cannot apply to me, then you're being really foolish because the Bible doesn't give any caveats or any let-off clauses. He, he, he just, Jesus just lays it out there um, as it is. But let me just share a number of things I think we can learn from this passage that I think will really help us when it comes to looking at the subject of forgiveness. The firstly, you'll notice in the parable that Jesus doesn't start with the subject of forgiving others. He starts with the whole thing that we have been forgiven a load. We have been forgiven a load. Forgiveness given to us. If you are a Christian here today, you were in debt to a massive extent, maybe 4.2 billion pounds worth, I don't know. Your sin was loaded up and up and up and up and you have been forgiven by your heavenly Father because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. It's all been wiped away. It is all gone. You are totally free from it, not because you've tried to earn your way out, but because your heavenly Father cancelled it because Jesus Christ paid the penalty. And that is our starting point. Thank you, Ian. That's our starting point. We didn't go looking for forgiveness. We're not nearly as grateful as we should be for it. We're not, are we? I mean, even as you sat here now, you're sort of, well, if I was you, you know, you'd be sort of thinking, oh, but you know, I suppose it's all right. All of it has gone. Every bitterness, every nasty word, every, every thought of sexual immorality or lust or whatever it might be, every hatred, every covetous desire, everything that even a load of people don't know about, all of it has gone if you've put your trust in Jesus Christ. It's gone. 
It has been written off. It's no longer in your account. You have been let off the hook. And you know what? You didn't deserve it at all. And nor did I. Totally let off the hook. Set free, debt removed. It is amazing. It is amazing. This is what it says in Psalm 103, verse 10 and 12. God does not treat us as our sin deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. That's our sin. For as high as the heavens are above the earth. I don't know how far that is, but it's a long, long way. So great is his love for you. For you. So great is his love for those who fear. Oh, uh, uh, so great is love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your removed our transgressions, our sins from us. That's fact. That is fact. Today there there will be those among you, and you wonder if you're the exception to this promise. You genuinely, you are loaded down with guilt and shame. If you're not a Christian, I'm pleased you feel loaded down with guilt and shame because that will push you towards Jesus Christ because he's the only one who can lift it. But if you are here today and you're a follower of Jesus, he has forgiven your sin. He has removed your shame. All the dirtiness that you might feel, that's not yours anymore. That has been put on Jesus Christ. And you can right now, you don't even need to bother listening to the rest of what I say. You can just now in your own words, even under your breath, you can just say, you know what, Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. And it's dealt with in a moment. And you'll say, but I haven't done anything to change. I I haven't even showed that I want to change. No, no. You just come to him, you ask for forgiveness and he promises to deal with it. It is wonderful, but you do need to reach out. You do need to reach out. Andrew, go swap. You do need to reach out. Secondly, forgiveness given by us. What gives us the freedom and the ability and the incentive and the power to forgive those who sin against us? It's God's mercy and forgiveness that we have received. That that is it. When you read the Bible, the two are always linked together. Forgiveness towards others flows from the forgiveness we have received from God. In fact, God's forgiveness empowers my forgiveness. That's That's how it works. It says in Ephesians 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Bear with each other, it says in Colossians 3, bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against someone. Any grievance, any problem, anything, forgive as the Lord forgave you. There is a mighty river of forgiveness that flows into you. It's God's forgiveness. It cleanses, it washes, it removes every stain, it removes every blot. It is flowing like a mighty torrent into you. But it's not meant to be a reservoir. It is meant to be a river. And that very very river of forgiveness that flows into you is supposed to flow out as a stream of forgiveness to other people people. 
cleansing, removing the filth, the shame, it trickles out. Thirdly, what do we learn from this parable? Unforgiveness has consequences. The unmerciful servant is thrown into prison. Now, what does that mean for us? Matthew 6 says this. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. The Bible communicates that if we don't extend God's forgiveness to others, it will affect your relationship with God. It just will. I don't think Jesus is talking here about your final salvation. But he is bringing a very clear and serious warning that unforgiveness will impact your walk with God. To be quite honest, it will impact your walk with other people as well. And some of the symptoms of maybe that unforgiveness? I think a lack of peace. Maybe a lack of intimacy in worship. If you're, if you're struggling to connect with God in worship, if you feel there's a barrier between you and God when it comes to prayer, if you are regularly struggling with negative thoughts towards other people, they can all be signs of unforgiveness. They can be signs you, you need to deal with this. That river of forgiveness that flows into our lives can be blocked if we don't keep short accounts if we're not quick to forgive. The Bible says that followers of Jesus will bear fruit. In other words, we'll, get, we'll become more and more and more like Jesus. If that doesn't happen, I guess the question you've got to ask is, are you following Jesus? I know you are, Tom. Are you following him? If you're not becoming more like him, who are you following? Whose steps are you walking in? If, I'll say this, I want to say this carefully, but, but, but seriously, if you're happily living in unforgiveness, have you really tasted the forgiveness of Jesus flowing into your life? Now, I'm not talking about those of you here who are struggling with unforgiveness and you know that's wrong and you really want to sort it out. But if you are quite nonchalantly sat here thinking, I have no intention of forgiving that other person, they, do, they deserve every bit of it, and, and you, you actually feel completely, no, me and God, we're like that. Let me, let me invite you. Come taste the forgiveness of Jesus again. Come see the richness of his mercy again. So what forgiveness isn't? Forgiveness isn't forgetting. There will be people here right now and you feel like you've, got a, you've probably hated everything that I've said so far. You might have agreed with it, but you've hated it. Because it's, it's hard, it's painful, it hurts. Forgiveness isn't forgetting. Memories may fade over time, but you don't need to forget what has happened in order to forgive. Forgiveness isn't necessarily trusting. You can forgive someone, but you may not trust them. 
John Piper says this, we are, we are not bound to trust an enemy, but we are bound to forgive them. So there may be someone that's really hurt you, they are unrepentant, they are not changing, it is right not to trust them, but you can forgive them. Forgiveness is not the absence of anger at sin. Some horrific things have happened to you in this room and it is right to be angry at what has happened because it's wrong and it's sinful and it shouldn't have happened. So forgiveness is not an absence of sin and forgiveness is not an absence of justice. So you can forgive someone but it might still be right that they stand before a court of law and carry the consequences for what they have done. Forgiveness is not any of those things. But forgiveness is, I release you. I forgive you. I cancel your debt to me. I let you go. You owe me nothing. I think, if I'm honest, as different phrases will stand out to different ones of you. For me, the one that really stood out to me was this one, you owe me nothing. Because as I was preparing this, different people came into my head who I knew I needed to forgive. And that one, I owe you nothing, they, sorry, you owe me nothing, really stood out to me. That, that was something I thought, oh, you owe me nothing. 300 years ago, a theologian preacher called Thomas Watson described forgiveness like this. This is the richness of forgiveness. Firstly, it's resisting revenge. Romans 12 verse 9. If you forgive, you resist the desire for revenge. Forgiveness is secondly, not returning evil for evil. 1 Thessalonians. It's blessing those who have cursed you. Luke 6, 28. It's grieving at their disasters. That's hard, isn't it? Someone that's hurt you and you, you, you grieve at their disasters. You pray for them. You seek reconciliation so far as it depends on you. And if I'm honest with that one, I would say, if you're not certain, talk to someone, your connect group leader, maybe 242 leader, as to whether pastorally that's wise to do. In some situations, it, it's, it's right to keep distance, depending on what's happened. And lastly, it's coming to their aid in distress. I, I don't know about you, I look at that challenge, I look at that list, and I think about people that I have forgiven, and I think, that is a really high bar. Do you, I don't know. That is really hard. Do you remember Jesus said at the end of that passage, he says, forgive your brother and sister from the heart. That there's a depth to it. And then lastly, just as I'm about to close, I've said it at the beginning, Forgiveness is really difficult, isn't it? It's so hard. You know, I don't know, you look at that list and you think, it nearly seems impossible. 
I mentioned at the beginning, it's as hard as a human being trying to fly. Just, just as we close, and we're going to do bread and wine in a minute, I'm going to, we're going to look at that list again that we just put up. But we're going to look at it from a different angle. And I, want to, I invite the Holy Spirit to come and massage some of this into our hearts. Judy Wales said, um, brought a prophetic word a few weeks ago about this series being something where God wants to massage some of these things into our hearts, where they've become hard, where they're hurt, where we're struggling. Jesus doesn't seek revenge from you or towards you, does he? Jesus' forgiveness is perfect. He doesn't seek revenge. Jesus doesn't return evil for evil. Jesus blesses us every single day. He certainly doesn't curse us. Jesus grieves at our disasters. He's compassionate towards us. Jesus is praying for us. Jesus has pursued us and made a way for our reconciliation. And Jesus helps us again and again and again and again. Forgiveness is supernatural. Forgiveness is a choice, but it's empowered by the gospel. As we take bread and wine now, I, I would love for you to do, I invite you to do two things. One, just to remember how Jesus has forgiven us. But two, if the Holy Spirit has brought to mind someone or some group or some situation where you know you need to forgive, I want to invite you to do that. You may not even be totally certain how to do it, but words like, I forgive so-and-so, and you name what they've done, and you name how much they feel, how they made you feel, and you give it to God. But I want to invite you to do that you may feel that's a step too far just this morning and that's all right maybe come back on Tuesday and we can help you take that a step at a time but there's an opportunity now for us to really get down to some kingdom work in forgiveness and it's not easy but Jesus even now is here by his presence and he's smiling upon you and he loves you and the Holy Spirit is here to help you, even as you make that decision. You know what? I'm going to cancel that debt. I'm going to let them go. They owe me nothing. He's here to help. Can I invite the band back up, please? Why don't we stand? Laura, could we leave that list up? Would that be all right, please? We're going to take the bread and wine now. Um, so if you get your pots, 
And I think, I mean, you can do it with someone else if you'd like. That's, you're at total liberty to do that. But you may just want to do it on your own. And why don't you just do business with God right now? Why don't you thank him for incredible salvation? If there's someone that comes to mind, why don't you set them free? If you haven't got a little pot of bread and wine, the little container, if you head towards the back, there'd be someone with a box that are full of them so that they better hand them out. I'll just give you a few moments. So take the bread and wine on your own or with others. If you're not a Christian here today, this is also a really good opportunity for you to give your life to follow Jesus to receive that forgiveness, to know what it's like. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we have been forgiven so, so much. I thank you for the torrents of mercy and grace and forgiveness that have flown into each of our lives. Thank you, it came cheaply to us, but was really expensive for you. 4.2 billion pounds worth of unforgiveness wiped off the slate, clear. Thank you, Jesus. On your own words, just pray out to him.